So do you know what cold opens are? No idea. This is I Might Be Wrong, a podcast hosted by myself, Rich Newham, and my co-host, Mr. Henry Salmon. Welcome back. We are on episode number four now, I think, if we include the intro episode as a, as a standalone episode, which, which we do. We do. Still nameless. Still, well, currently still nameless. The, the listeners have had the name of this for four, three, four weeks now, and we still don't know what we're talking They've about. They've seen into the future. They have. We should probably not draw back the curtain too much on the fact that we're just recording back-to-back episodes here. Shh. Okay. So, sorry. <laughs> All right. Um, so, we mentioned last last week, uh, you are taking on this one and you're going to talk about The Shins. So, which album have you selected? Uh, I've selected many. <coughs> um, uh, so uh, Breaking I, the format already. So, firstly, I, before I talk about albums, I should probably talk about um, The Shins just more generally because we started with two fairly iconic bands and the shins are probably a bit less well known in the mainstream see that's interesting because i would guess that your average human being probably won't know who the shins are if you ask them who the shins are but if you played them some of the better known tracks they'll have heard them on film soundtracks on tv soundtracks that kind of thing so the albums well there's the obvious um inverted worlds which is their first one which came out while we were in university um, and Shoots Too Narrow as well which was their kind of follow up and and I was trying to pick one to talk about um, and I was trying to work out which one and they're, they're sonically very different and I think that makes the process harder to choose so mm-hmm. um, Are so, you suggesting that they're both influential on your music taste? Well they kind of are um, because the first one so the introduction to Shins was New Slang off Inverted World, which is their first kind of major release. And is an absolute belter of a tune. It is. Um, and was it on Garden State, the film? Or how, was, it, it, or was it Scrubs? I can't remember. It, it, I think it's it was a, on both. It's a Zach Braff kind of... For those who don't know who Zach Braff is, he is the main... Well, he's the char- he's the actor for the main character on Scrubs. Um, but he is also uh, written, directed, performed in... Garden State, which is a film that came out in 2003, I think, something like that, uh, which was his directorial debut. But one of the things that he's sort of sneakily well known for is his ability to find music to put on. So Scrubs, they actually lent on him to provide suggestions for a lot of the music that goes onto that soundtrack. Yeah, that, and that the soundtrack for Scrubs is, is amazing. And I think it's it's one for me where my musical taste started to shift away from you have to have noise in an album to feel emotion. And I Well, there certainly isn't noise when it comes to the early Shins albums. Yeah, it's it's very cut back. In, in my head, when I picture um, Owen Inverted World, it, it's a bit like, um, you know, if someone's like making a kind of wire sculpture out of something beautiful, like a horse or something, and there's not really much to it. And if you listen... To the to the sounds, it's so pared back and it's so delicate. Um, and I thought, oh, this kind of very brittle album is is, is wonderful. And then you compare that to something like Shooting Arrow, and it's a bit more fully formed and it's kind right. of well. That's the thing about New Slang, really. It's his voice, an acoustic guitar, and a little bit of percussion in the background, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, and I don't know whether they in they just didn't have the budget. And it was just a proper basement recording um, of an album. It's, it's something that I just I it's a good don't question. Know. Um, 
but but it's um, it, it's a bit of a classic, and even though it's pared back, it's got this kind of little hint of urgency floating around in the background, which kind of says actually we're not just we're not dawdling, we've got something to say. Um, like um, the celibate life is an absolute absolute belter of a tune, um, which um, um, just gets me every time and. Yeah, it, it's a very different album to the ones that I would have expected to like. If you if if you talk to my thirteen year old self or my sixteen year old self, mm-hmm. uh, they would have gone, "What the hell is this? It's it's not. Um, <laughs> this isn't fun. It's not noisy." Which is which is interesting because as we've discussed before, my taste would have definitely been more that way than the other way around. Um, yeah. You know, think about uh, Simon and Garfunkel. That yeah. kind of sound is 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 much more like the early shins. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. And there's there's probably a, a hint of um, I'm sure James Merce has kind of been influenced by by them, um, like the kind of Paul Simon style. Um, and he still is. I mean, he's re- they're releasing music now, and obviously he's got his Broken Bells project, which which is brilliant. If you don't know them, um, he's basically decided that he can't fit interesting electronic music into the, the shins model well that's interesting because i think he has done that more and more where broken bells has almost become unnecessary because of the electronica influences on the most recent album or two from the shins yeah. um i i love broken bells I actually saw them at glastonbury a couple of years ago so broken bells is james mercer and then um oh what's his name ah oh, the guy who did the gray album the remix I've forgotten his name. I'm gonna I'm gonna work on that while you uh, talk more about. But I, I do think I do think they've that that's one of the things that I really like about the Shins personally is the fact that they have continued to evolve that sound. They've not lent on this is what we are. Uh, Danger Mouse. Danger Mouse, of course. Um, um, well, this is where this is where I was kind of heading when I mentioned the Shins. I, I didn't really want to just stick on one album because if you look at their. Um, their catalogue um, and into the newer albums they're one of the few artists who if you look at um, say Portamore if, so if you don't know the Shins um, and you want something a bit more fully formed put on Simple Song from Portamore it's an absolute belt I remember um, running back from a French ski resort where we had all been out um, partying you were there um, I think you were probably still in the club that we had gone to. I was very, very drunk, and I had to go home. You know, at some point when you go, you're out, and you basically it's can't time stand to up. Leave. It's time to leave. And and the place we were staying was about a mile away down this um, down this valley, um, and there was a bus which was shuttling to and from. But I thought, you know what, I'm I'm just going to go and I'm going to run. And so I, p- I put my headphones on, and um, and Simple Song came on, and. I was running at full pelt down this moonlit valley and you could see these <laughs> alpine peaks and there was just a blaze of stars overhead. Oh. And that that song was blasting into my ears. And you, you know when you run along with a massive smile on your face and you're like, I'm in, I'm in one of the most wonderful moments of my life. Um, and yeah. The Shins provided that. See, you probably won't love this particular attitude, but I personally like the more recent shins more than the older shins. Yeah. And I think it's because of that combination of the kind of classic acoustic sound, but with the electronic stuff that they've mixed in. So I really, I really, really love Paul Tomorrow. It's one of my favorite albums of that's, that's that kind of early, early 2010s kind of era. Yeah. Um, 
but the, the other thing is Heartworms I really like as well I, I, I couldn't pick specific tracks off the album because I really just love it as a as a complete thing mm-hmm. but I was actually listening to um, uh, The Worm's Heart this morning Yeah, um, and it's one of those things that it, it says a lot about the imagination and creativity of someone when they w- are willing to take an album of songs that they've spent ages crafting yeah. and completely reimagine them. So it's it's the same lyrics, yeah. but that and and sort of the same, I guess, the same musical feel, but they've it's completely different at the same time. And just the ability to the, even why why the hell would you do that in the first place? But it works and it's great. And I so I, I do love this. And there are songs on Heartworms that I like on Heartworms and I dislike on the Worms Heart and vice versa. So um, Fantasy Island on Heartworms I think is wonderful. Right. And Flipped I don't like it. Um, but then um, then like Name For You on Heartworms I really like. So they, they I don't know what he's done. He's he's clearly seen that there's more to the song than just the an original recording and has said I can get so much more out of these by just having another go and well, it's just it's just an interesting take on it. It's it's not like it's it's not a remix. It's definitely not a remix. They haven't taken the original and tweaked it. They've basically gone back to the start of almost the start of the songwriting process and yeah. started again with the same lyrics and sort of the same. I guess there's maybe some melodic similarities, yeah, but a completely different feel. So one of them's got more of like a, a almost like a reggae ragga like two step type thing going on yeah that's totally different to to the original i can't remember which track it was but yeah just just amazing yeah so um so they, they and actually when my um when i looked at my spotify account they're, they're my most played artist of the last 10 years and, and doesn't I, surprise me and i think the reason <laughs> the reason that they do that is because they've got this longevity that um a lot of bands don't manage to do um and the fact that they're still he's still producing music um sonically really interesting and he'll keep changing um he's a bit he's a bit like an indie kylie minogue in that he, they, they do keep changing their style a little bit to keep them relevant i don't know if it's even relevant so i think it's just that he discovers new things and decides to explore that sonically with with you know and add that to to what they're already doing but the thing is i mean going back to what you're saying that the thing about our inverted world is that it's it's almost 18 years old now <laughs> wow, and and yet it still sounds fresh to me. Like it doesn't sound like an old album. Yeah. yeah. Whereas you listen to some stuff from that era, and it sounds very yeah, much of its time. Yeah. So, and that's what I love about it. So yeah, the the, the shins are just um, they're a constant, a wonderful constant in my life, and I do just that they released a um, a single um, which was kind of random just the other day with um, Fug Yep. Um, the forget foundation which i think is in memory of someone um okay. i haven't found out enough about it so um i probably shouldn't try and talk with any uh, knowledge on it um but even those two songs that, that they just brought out um were interesting and um yeah i think james mercer is a little bit like he's a songwriter um and he will find melodies and tunes in so many things so you kind of know you're safe when you listen to him i think it says a lot that we, we talked about those two early albums, um, but we're both still continuing to keep an eye on and listen to his more recent stuff. He's, he's, 
it's not a band that's gone away where they're releasing albums but you're not really listening to it because it just all sounds a bit the same and it's not that inspiring yeah it's still inspiring to listen to the the, the recent stuff yeah when did you last hear an ocean color scene album or a, or a dodgy <laughs> album like i haven't heard um yeah that, that just doesn't happen so some 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 songwriters do just just keep, keep going well, well even even we, we talked about Green Day and the Foo Fighters, and when we both talked about the fact that we haven't really listened to their most recent albums, particularly, well, yeah. whereas the Shins, we've both continued to listen to. It's not like you're a super fan and you've just listened to them because you listen to them. I like I still listen to his stuff because it's always new and interesting. Yeah, um, yeah, and I think they'll, as long as they continue with this, um, the move into this kind of new electronic kind of vibe. Um, and they just keep whacking in incredible hooks. Um, and I could I could reel through, um, like, Phantom Limb. Right. Like, that's from one of their early albums. Um, God, which one's it on? Um, it's probably... Uh, is it on Wincing the Night Away? I don't know. Probably. Yeah, Wincing um, the Night Away. But just... What, when you get to the end of Phantom Limb and you're listening to the um, the, the vocals in the background and he's, he's off on doing his oohs um, just listen to that it's absolutely brilliant it's it's so uplifting the thing the thing I think is the thing that I think is interesting about it is is just that it's the level of love for the musicality like there's there's not there's not boring tracks in there you might not love everything that's on those albums but there's never anything that isn't musically beautifully crafted well thought through and like and has a lot of love to it yeah um so yeah that's that, that's the shins for me um th- that's it they're just they're just my kind of have you seen them live no you've never seen them live no my favorite band wow i've seen them live wow so i've seen the shins live a couple of times now and and again just it's it's the same you get the same thing from them live that you do on the albums it's it's beautifully crafted there's a lot of love for the music yeah um uh, there's a certain humbleness to like the almost slightly surprised that he's he's ever got to the level that he's got to yeah um yeah and, and both yeah. the shins and broken bells are are just fantastic live performances yeah i, I can imagine um and it's you know, I, I do have. There are a couple of just big, big holes in my back catalogue of bands that you really should see, and, and this is this is my biggest, this is the biggest <laughs> miss. I've uh, and I, I do kind of, um, yeah, I, I do I do regret not seeing them. Um, if anyone knows when they're turning up, uh, tweet Rich on Rich's Twitter. Well, I don't think there's any current tour, but given that he's just released, you know, that that single material. I wouldn't be surprised if there's an there's an album in the offing either either from the Shins or Broken Bells and yeah. if I'm perfectly honest I think the Broken Bells are it's almost just the same thing but a slightly different flavour yeah. so we'll we'll go and see them we'll have to find out if they if they play the UK over the next year or so we'll go and we'll go and check out the gig I'll tick the box if if you're a if you're a um, 
a gig promoter and you want to invite us along on the guest list, we'll, we'll more than happily come along and, uh, and big up the yeah. experience. Have some 38-year-old completely fawning over them. I'm probably not the target audience of um, <laughs> a gig promoter. I'm, I'm probably way past it. Um, That's not true. I see people that are way older than us at gigs. Neil goes to gigs still and he's way older than... No, he's not. Older than us. <laughs> sorry, Neil. Sorry, I Neil. hope you're listening, but sorry about that. Uh, Neil and I used to do this thing at gigs. So Neil is a friend of mine uh, who I met when I was working in London um, and was he's a, he is as an individual a very big influence on on my music choices and my music taste. Um, he and I used to go to a lot of gigs, and you you came to a few with us. In yeah, London. did we get Shearwater um, together? Yeah, um, yeah, Shearwater, probably a few others. God, I haven't listened to Shearwater for ages. Still amazing. Um, we'll, we'll talk Shearwater at some point. Yeah. Certain. In fact, I might try and get Neil on if we if we do a Shearwater. Yeah, we should do a Shearwater one. Um, but yeah, so Neil Neil. Uh, Neil and I used to do a lot of gigs together and um, one of the fun games used to be, because Neil's two or three years older than me, used to play Oldest Man at the Gig or OMATG um, and it used to be, if we'd go and see these relatively small unknown bands and, and try and work out whether Neil was in fact the oldest man at the gig. That's a, it's a good game. There's, there's that and there's also, um, I don't know if you noticed this, but there's some gigs which just attract tall people. It might have been a Shearwater gig where everyone was seems to be over six foot. Everyone was a giant, and, and you're know. you're a pretty tall human being. I'm, I'm I'm three or four inches shorter than you, so I struggle with that more than you do. I'm nearly six foot three, and I couldn't understand why I couldn't see the stage. <laughs> I realised that everyone in front of me was were, were a bunch of giants. Um, and you do yeah. So gig crowds are they're interesting beasts. Um, you you do just get this um this mix um. The the tallest the tallest gig audience I've ever been to was Midlake, um, <laughs> who are a band. I don't know that they're still recording stuff now, um, but they were around, I guess, two thousand and five ish onwards. Yeah, um, I re- I really really like them. They sounded like they'd fallen out of the late sixties. They're kind of Americana, American folk. Yeah, it yeah. is. It is that um, that kind of sound. It, they're a lovely band for if you're driving down a motorway. Yep. Just stick on a midlake album and just drift along. Another another band that I think I think Neil may have introduced me to them. And they introduced me to John Grant, who's another one that will come on to at yeah. some point. Yes. Um because he used he used the entirety of Midlake as his backing band for his first solo album, which is just ridiculous. Maybe we should like start a band and ask Midlake if they can uh... <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we've got quite the same singing voices as uh, John Grant does. We could be like Bez and just dance around with maracas, and then, um, <laughs> then it was. <laughs> anyway, we've work. gone off on a tangent again. Um, but yeah, so Shins, I'm with you. They're, they're just an amazing band, and if you if you don't know them, or you think you don't know them, go and have a listen to "Caring Is Creepy" and "New Slang," uh, and you'll probably recognise at least one of those two. Um, Do it. But yeah, cool. Do it. That's the Shins. Um, yeah. So um, yeah. Thanks we'll for listening. Back. We'll be back um, next next week and um, might actually talk some proper electronica. We might talk some electronica next yeah. week. So um, move away from the indie rock yeah. thing that is the bedrock of our listening. Yeah. So uh, so <laughs> it's suddenly going to get a little bit exciting um, next time. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you for listening to. I might be wrong. A rather rambly podcast about music hosted by myself, Rich Newnham, and my co-host, Mr. Henry Salmon.